Once we know how to love ourselves, we truly then know how to love others in the right way. When you love yourself, it's so easy to love others. Then you're lovable as well. You show how others can show you love and give you love and receive love. Find that self-compassion, the self-kindness, the self-forgiveness. Look at those things to come back to find peace in your heart so that you may thrive in every possible way in your life and with peace and that you carry that peace and that self-love and you take that and you share it with the rest of the world. Welcome to The Path Podcast. I'm Mike Salemi. I believe that uncharted trails make the best life stories. So take a deep breath, put one foot in front of the other and trust the ground under your feet. Join me in discussions on health, performance, business, leadership, and spiritual self-mastery because these topics are windows into how well each of us have learned to trust our own path. Let's go. This is a Soul Fire production. Today, we're bringing you a special episode with two dear friends of mine, Hawk and Lily. Now, both of these two special individuals are shamans and I've sat in sacred space with them multiple times over the years. We've developed a very deep friendship together and they are people who have made supporting people in their healing journey, their life's mission. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for these two, not only in in what they've done to help me navigate some of the more challenging aspects and parts of myself in life, but also the amount of people that they serve and the way that they do it. In today's episode, we go over what is called the ceremony of life. We look at how we can all reconnect to our true essence and our true spirit, how to integrate spiritual into our daily lives, the importance of creating a sacred space and altar, self-love, self-compassion, and so much more. And we do touch on a little bit of their work with plant medicines because it is such a part of what they do and how they support people today. But I really wanted the focus of today's episode with them to focus on what are the things that all of us can benefit from day in, day out that are very grounded practices to reconnect us to our heart's purpose and our heart's self. So I know you're going to love today's show. Let's get right into it with Hawk and Lily. Well, Hawk and Lily, thank you guys so much for being here, Uh, being back at the house. um, I'm very grateful, one, that you guys made the trip down from your your home in Santa Cruz. And every single time we get to spend time together, I always feel like I leave more nourished, more excited, more full of life. And and on that topic, with the work that you guys do in your practices and in the containers that you hold, and then in addition to the containers that I hold and the work that I'm doing, this concept or this theme about people really showing up as their fullest self. I think is really, really important. And there's so many things in life that kind of pull us away from who we are and our ability to develop maybe a greater sense of self-love with ourselves. And so I'd love to open up by just asking your guys' perspective and what you've seen, what you've felt, what you've experienced. What may be some of the biggest things that pull people away or that distract people from truly connecting with their, maybe their innate essence. Well, thank you for having us, Mike. I really appreciate it. And, um, and I want to also say that we are very grateful for um, our longstanding relationship and friendship that we have had. Um, and it's such an honor to be here. So thank you. Mm. Um, 
Now, to come to your question, I would um, the first part I would like to talk about is that it really is everybody truly desires to be their best self, right? That's the, in everyone's purest interest. That's what they really want. There's not a person that I've met that that doesn't say that they they just want to show up as their best self. And so, if the desire is there, then that's the first part, right? We acknowledge that that's what we want. Um, and some of the obstacles that appear in people's lives and, and that stops them from getting to that is sometimes trauma, sometimes patterns of behavior, sometimes not knowing where to look or how to, how to um, address the things that are in their life. Because you know, how do we create change if we are not aware of what our patterns are, of what our behaviors are. So we have to acknowledge what they are first. We have to, and we have to do that through investigation, right? And how do we investigate within ourselves, our own patterns, our own behaviors, our own thoughts, our own feelings? And are they the same thoughts that are repeating all the time? Are we having the same feelings and the same emotions come up all the time? Um, and if so, okay, let's acknowledge that and let's use that as an opportunity, as a foundation to move forward, to grow, and to create new thoughts, new feelings, and investigate new ways. And there's many ways we can talk about how to go about that. But that would be um, that would probably be my uh, yeah my answer around that. Well, also thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate uh, being here and now uh, spending time with you. You say you take a lot from spending time with us, but we take as much. So. <laughs> It's when it's a win-win, uh, and uh, that's that's beautiful. So thank you. And to um, yeah, to get to your question, uh, it's uh, addressing ourselves as a, as a whole, so mind, body, and spirit, and uh, it's they're not separate from each other, and all these elements are all intertwined into each other. And with that in mind. Where are we heading? What's what's our intention in life? What's our purpose? And uh, so asking that question, so we have a sense of direction. And um, most of the time, people don't know what they what they want or wh how they want to be. It's maybe they know specific things, but it's just things. And uh, it's going back to how do you want to feel later on in uh, in these areas mind body and spirit uh, so understanding what what you, where you want to go is important and uh, like hawk is saying to know where you want to go is first to know where you are now and in uh, in all these areas I love that and this I just recorded uh recently a solo cast episode and in that topic, I was discussing men's work. And I think not just for men, but for all people, this, this idea of purpose is really important. I think a lot of the, um, you know, whether it's depression or just feeling aimless in life, so much of that can be connected to just not feeling connected to a purpose. But that being said, this concept of purpose that you're talking about, like it's, it, at least for me, and even the conversations that I've had, it can feel like overwhelming. Like I have to create this, like unless I have this thing that's so much greater than myself, like it's not good enough or that self-critic comes up. And so 
if someone's struggling finding their purpose, maybe their reason for being here, I'd be really curious on how do you maybe define purpose and or how might you support someone and someone who's having difficulty connecting to some greater reason or that whatever that purpose is? We have a program um, called the Mystery School. It's a one-year program. We're now converting that because it's an in-person and we do video calls with that program. Um, and it has some other elements that you have to physically be present. We're now uh, turning that program into an online course called the Ceremony of Life. And so in both those programs, we talk about the five-year plan. If you were to design your life in five years, what does it look like? Now, not just the job, but how would you feel emotionally? Where would your thoughts be? So where are you at mentally if you had the perfect life? Where are you spiritually? Do you feel like your soul is fulfilled? Do you feel like that, that whatever that you have chosen to do is truly fulfilling your purpose in this life. Um, and then we would, um, like, what does your heart desire? That's a big question. And sometimes people say, well, I don't know. Well, it's okay. Well, let's go back to, let's do some journaling right? or automatic writing. When we say, pick a topic, you've got 16 minutes, then we want you to write. Don't take the pen off the paper. Just journal, whatever comes out. And if you don't know what to write, keep writing, I don't know what to write. I don't know why the blocks are here. These blocks always get in my way. Write those things. And eventually, over time, if you practice that over and over again, you're going to start to to tap into the subconscious. And then you will start to find things like simple things. Like maybe, well, I do know that I want to feel at peace in five years. That I do know. I want to feel peace in my heart and peace on this earth. Okay, great start. And so maybe if you want to think about your life purpose, what is something that promotes that peacefulness within your life? Well, I enjoy doing yoga. Okay, um, maybe, you know, let's talk about that more. What if you, if you could do yoga all the time? Like, what would that look like? Well, I could own a yoga studio or I could become an instructor and I could do X, Y, and Z. Okay. So, you know, just kind of working around first the emotions, like how do we want to feel in whatever we are doing, right? Because, you know, I could say I want to run a Fortune 500 company, but if it sucks and I feel like (laughs) shit going to it every day, then are you really happy in what you're doing? Because, you know, we know a lot of wealthy people that are not very happy. And we know some wealthy people that are very, very happy because they've understood the balance, right? In doing what your heart desires and being successful from it financially. And so there, there is that balance between uh, both. And, but always come back to the emotional state because when our emotions are in order, when we have peace inside of us, I truly believe that that outweighs any dollar value that you put in front of it. Right. And, and how then that transpires into how we take care of ourselves, how we nurture ourselves, how we take time out of the day for ourselves, um, how we move our body, how we put food into our body, how we, um, like in every possible aspect, we start to take care of ourselves and become more conscious in the way that we live when we are at peace, when we are at center. Um, and it's not to say that life, you know, you're going to be this perfect Zen master. No, like 
yeah, shit's going to come up. Challenges are going to happen. Life's going to happen. But where are we spending most of that time, our, our time, our energetic time? Is it in chaos or is it in peace? Is it in, um, you know, like repetitive thoughts just over and over again and our mind just won't rest and won't stop? Or is it quiet? Is it silent? Is there space for, for spirit also to bring messages within us? Because if, if we try to tap into our, you know, if you want to call it God, our higher self, the spirit realm, any of those words that we use in language, to tap into any of those spiritual elements and to find messages within that realm, we always say you have to have a quiet mind and an open heart. Right. So once we quieten the mind and we create that space and, uh, and, you know, that's why I feel like, you know, if you do have a busy mind, the whole practice of meditation and stillness, um, you know, I do feel is really, really important because in that space is where, is where we start to find, um, the true messages within ourselves because we do carry the answers, but we have to create space to find them. I absolutely resonate with that. And, you know, one of the things that's been very supportive for at least me personally has been, because I absolutely, I think all of us today are going by and large at uh, potentially a faster pace that might be uh, healthy in, in many respects, whether it's due to trying to put food on the table or uh, achieve something in life. And so that practice of stillness and of meditation can be so helpful and supportive and what I found is it can be so helpful to have some practice of mindfulness before going into meditation. And for me, that's breath work. Even if it's just like before we recorded, we took three breaths together. And uh, those three breaths allowed us to ground, to center, to connect. And having that going into that practice of stillness can be so supportive. And one thing that you said, you said a bunch of uh, things that resonated but you use the word, the ceremony of life. And I love that word. I absolutely resonate with it. And it's so much of what Lauren and I try to create, what we try to do in our men's work, all of that. So uh, Lily, I'd love to pick your heart and your brain and hear what does ceremony mean to you or how might you define the ceremony of life or ceremony in general? What I see as ceremony of life is um, that Life is full of rituals and uh, what life brings us, we, we take it just like a ceremony and uh, that sometimes you don't need to sit in ceremony to get the messages. So like you're saying, to create those uh, special times for yourself, uh, to connect uh, with your spirit, with your heart. So, that's that's a ceremony. But the breath we took together, I see that as a ceremony. I mean, everything to me is a ceremony. It's bringing spirit to our daily life. And uh, bringing spirit is addressing uh, our heart. It's addressing that, uh, that our higher self. It's addressing all of us, our inner child, uh, yeah, it's addressing our spirit. And uh, uh, like Hawk was saying, what makes our heart sing, that's, that's our spirit. And uh, if you observe life uh, 
and kind of take a step back, then it's a ceremony. There's one specific ritual that you've taken Lauren and I through that I absolutely loved. And I'd, I'd be super appreciative if you'd share a little bit on that. Uh, if you recall back, I don't even know, this might've been maybe two years ago, uh, but a water ritual. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I feel like that's a really practical way that anybody can do. And also it connects to exactly uh, this concept of ceremony that you're sharing. Yes, um, love that. <laughs> so water is life. We're like plants. We need water. Uh, we need water to grow in every possible way. And uh, I've, I've heard about uh, some studies. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name. It's a Japanese guy on uh, how to, to bring intention to the water and bring emotions. And uh, the water can be charged. And I believe anything in our life, if we put intention to it, is, is powerful. So for the water, uh, first, uh, to be mindful of where that water comes from. So not in a plastic, small plastic bottle. And uh, we, uh, we got this water that is cleansed with some uh, rocks. So, and uh, has some uh, filter and that could be carbon also uh, filter. And in the water, uh, there's different ways to do it. First, the simple way is just to, to put a prayer and say, I charge this water with my love. And uh, when I will drink it, I will receive love. It could be as simple as that. Or you can take it a step higher and put a crystal in the water and uh, tell that crystal that it will charge the water with love and with uh, pure energy and with uh, healing energy. And you can even take it another step further uh, is uh, to place some uh, frequency to the water. So we have like a frequency generator and um, I use 285 frequency and this frequency of health. And I played for 11 minutes and 11 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that water is all charged up. So I believe in the power of frequency as well. So that's how far we can go. Uh, We could also just have a glass of water that we put next to our nightstand, on our nightstand next to our bed. And uh, say that water is going to charge all night. And when I drink in the morning, I will drink this purified water. I love that. I love that. And I remember when we were all sitting in a circle, we said a prayer. And then as we were drinking that water, we really moved it around our mouth and swished it and was just really putting all the intention into being as present as possible with something that so many of us just look beyond and just uh, think, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. And that's why it hit so home to, for me because you know, we eat typically two to three times a day. We drink, I don't know, probably uh, I take a sip of my water bottle 15 to 25 times a day. And every single time that I do that, I often do it mindlessly. And so that was such a powerful thing for me to actually say a prayer of gratitude when I'm drinking it, give thanks, letting almost like the water pass through my cells, through my organs and envisioning and feeling to your point, Hawk, it literally charging all my cells. And just even if we did that once a week, or once a month, or once a day, 
I really believe that. Uh, I love that. So thank you for introducing that to us because it's been really moving. Um, and Hawk, I'd love to hear uh, what does ceremony mean to you and how do you integrate it into life? Uh, that's a good question. Um, well, if I told you what it meant to me the first time I went to a ceremony, it's probably very different <laughs> to what it means to me today. Um, a plant medicine ceremony you're speaking yeah, of? Yep. Yeah. So I remember the first time uh, I was invited to go to a ceremony, a ceremony, and this was in Australia, and it was an ayahuasca ceremony. Two days of ayahuasca, and the last day was Wachuma, San Pedro. And um, I got there, didn't really know what to expect or what it was going to be, or uh, I just knew that there was there was these psychoactive plants that you were going to have visions. And I thought, okay, uh, all right, well, let's 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 go with this. And um, and so I got there, and uh, and I remember that first ceremony, uh, and that was a plant medicine ceremony. Like I said, I got my ass whipped, and uh, you know, um, and I realized there was a you know a lot of chaos within me. But over time, working with the plants, and then also working outside of the plants, and now ceremony has become my everyday life, like. Ceremony to me is is the conscious actions that we do, right? So from when we woke up, when we wake up in the morning, what is what are the the rituals that you do on a daily basis that brings your conscious awareness to whatever action that you are doing? So um, a ceremony can be your 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 cup of coffee ritual, if you allow it to be. If you're consciously aware as you're drinking that coffee, and that you're bringing your intention and your prayer around it. That can be a ceremony. Um, you know, we pick divination cards in the morning. So sometimes we'll pick a card and read the positive affirmations that come out of that card. Uh, that is a ceremony within itself. Um, how we pray over our food um, and something that I really enjoyed um, during the uh, men's retreat that we did with you. And, um, and I just want to say uh, that was a really powerful moment that for a lot of people, that have never prayed over their food or never had that experience. And to actually, we did it as a, as a group, as all these men together, we got to stand there, we got to pray over our food. And, and you know, the time that you actually explained why you do it the way that you do it, because that's the conscious awareness that you are putting now over the food that is now affecting that food and how our body is going to receive that food. And I truly believe like, you know, there were some studies that, that they said that were done around like how, how much nutrients your body absorbs when you look at your food and eat it versus eating it like in front of a TV or a screen. <laughs> and so, um, and, that, and that's just by looking at the food. Now pray over your food. Now see how much different that food is going to be, how much more energy, how much more vitality, how much more life you're going to get out of that food. Um, so all the little actions that we do in our day that we are conscious and that we create some sort of, you know, it doesn't have to be a ritual in a sense, but we, we call them rituals because, you know, it, it's bringing our, uh, our conscious awareness around the activity. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that. And so much of, of, I think the power of rituals is it provides what I'm hearing you say, like it provides a pattern break an intentional pattern break into the cycles, the habits that we typically go through mindlessly each day. And now I get it. And you and I have had, all three of us have had multiple conversations and I love how you opened up the podcast around, you know, I really do believe people are doing the best that they can. But when you have so many things like bills and uh, you know, just all the responsibilities and the weight of life, like I get it. Like I get the, I get the hustle very much. 
And that's why these rituals can be so important because they provide a break from that. And you know what I'll say to that is, with all the bills and all the struggles, and a lot of people are struggling, you know, might be struggling financially or emotionally. It's like, if we can be, spend most of our time in the present moment, not focusing on the bills, we know that they need to be paid and they need to be sorted and we need to get things in order. But if we can keep uh, a more positive vibration, a vibration at peace with all of the challenges that are around us, we will be more likely to find a way out of it. And, but we cannot find a way out of it if we're stressing about it. Because in that stress, there's, there's, there's no answers in stress, right? But in peace and being in harmony and being in acceptance with everything that's going on around us, we can find many answers because we're in that vibration to receive. But it's a very different state of being. And so I would say to people, yeah, even with the struggles. And, you know, we too have, all of us have struggles, right? And sometimes some are greater than others. But, you know, just reminding yourself just to come back, to come back to that moment of peace, take a deep breath, go do some breath work, go meditate, just do some, some small things that don't have to be grandiose you know, things. Um, and sometimes you're going to feel like, okay, I need to shake this energy out of me. Let me go for a really hard run. Let me go to the gym and just work it out and sweat it out and stress it out. Let me get in a sauna. Let me, you know, and, and they're all great things too, right? The mind, the body, the spirit, we hear it all the time. And um, some of the most spiritual people I know are some of the fittest people I know. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it's, it's all relative, right? And so let's think about that. Let's think about life, even under the greatest amounts of stress, holistically. Because if we can address it from, from all the different angles, we'll be more likely to succeed and rise above those challenges that, that are in our awareness at that time. Yes. Yeah. And this, this is just my perspective on it, but like, I really feel that true spirituality is being connected to here, the people around us, the relationships. That's where we get to practice that. Not necessarily disconnecting and you know, meditating for 12 hours, not to say that can't be, there can't be a role in that or that can't be helpful, but I oftentimes sometimes see a spirituality as like an escape, right? And so there's this illusion of being spiritual because you can meditate on a mountain for three weeks nonstop with no food. And I'm not saying that's you know, not challenging and has its own practice, but life is meant to be lived and lived. We are social creatures, social beings to live in relationship, to be of this world. And I think that's so important. And one of the practices that you guys really incorporate into your life and teach your students, and we very much see eye to eye on, is having a place in the home that can almost be like an anchor, a place where we return back to ourselves. If we think about life like a, play, or a process of returning back, how can we return back and regain that presence? Having a sacred space, for example, like an altar can be incredibly helpful. And I'd love for you guys to share on that because I know the word alter, you know, language carries a lot of meaning for people. And so uh, I want to be careful with how I use that word, but I want to leave it up to you guys to explain as one strategy that someone could do. How do you guys approach it? What does it mean to you and how can it look for someone? I'd love to take that one. Yeah, please. <laughs> so an altar is, is a sacred space. And uh, the altar, for example, we use in our ceremonies, uh, it's, it's a safe place. So when uh, we compose the altar, 
And that's what you can apply to your house to create a sacred space for yourself uh, is picking uh, uh, items that are sacred to you. Uh, so it could be religious or it could be anything else, but that are really sacred to you. Uh, you can sometimes add pictures of loved ones as well. And, uh, and then that are also value to you. So crystals uh, can be a good uh, contribution to an altar. The shape. So we like to represent uh, the, uh, the different elements. So for example, the uh, earth, we like to honor the earth. Pachamama, uh, that's her spirit. And uh, so the earth, the wind, the fire. So there's, uh, we use uh, sacred geometry for that. So there's many ways, the shape and how you dispose each object. Each object has a particular and intentional uh, contribution to the altar. And once you build that altar with these sacred objects, when you go to it, it has it has even more value because you you were so intentional in picking every item of it. So when you go to it, you feel safe. You feel like you're connected to the spirit world, to your spirit, and uh, that's where you can be at peace. And in ceremony, when it's a bit chaotic, I like to go to the altar and. Uh, pay respect to the altar and that's where it's quiet and safe and me feeling safe next to the altar brings the whole circle safe at home when you have it uh, in your in a specific place it's it's a place where you can um, do meditation you can do prayers where you can do journaling it's a place for yourself to go back to yourself uh, it's a place to be present also, to uh, not being stressed about the past, nor the future is being present. That's that's what the altar means to me. I love that. Is there anything, Hawk, that you'd like to add to that? Yeah, it's it's definitely a place for reflection. Like if you look in most religious contexts, whether it's... Um, you know, Christianity or many other religions, they tend to have altars and they have, you know, items of deities and and uh, pictures of other spirit things that represent spirituality, because that reflection is also about their spirit. And this is the time when we are present and we are going to our sacred altar to reflect upon our life, right? And to reflect upon what is it in my heart that I'm feeling right now? What is it that I need to find peace with? What is it that um, maybe I need to let go of? What is it that I need to do? You know, all those questions. And that's a place where we go and we find that space. Um, and, you know, I also want to share that, you know, an altar is not like in a church, it's something that's really big, right? But in a home, it can be just a little tray uh, with just a, a handful of sacred objects and maybe even a picture of yourself as a child that represents your true spirit. You know, we talk about that in our program um, so that we go back and we remember, we look at that picture of our, you know, whether we were seven or 10 or however old we were at that time, we see that big smile on our face and remember how beautiful it was, you know, in that time when we could be our truest self 
and not have the burdens of, of the world that's around us right now. And, and how do I go back and access that? Right? How do I go back to access living in the moment? Because when we're kids, a lot of the time we're living in the moment. <laughs> we're not thinking about the future. We're not thinking about the houses we want to build and the cars we want to drive and you know the companies we want to run. You know, we're thinking about, oh, I can't wait to get to the playground. You know, and just play in the sand and get on the swings and do whatever we want to do. And 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 those simple things brought us the most amount of joy. Yes, I was just over. Uh, you know them very well, but my uh, my little niece, um, mm. and she's plus or minus three years old, and I was blown away. I mean, I see I see my brother and sister in law, you know, quite regularly. Every at least maybe not every week, but every few weeks, every other week, something like that. And it was so cool. Like you guys, when you see her next, you will be blown away mm. at just she's talking so much and her imagination. I was blown away. I didn't get it right away because she was, I forget, she was asking me to what type of uh, uh, outfit I wanted to wear. And I was like, uh, I don't know. She's like, well, I have purple, I have blue. And she had this little cart and she, she, I was like, okay, I'll take purple. And so she wheeled her little cart into a bedroom and came out and like was laying out, was acting out, laying out different suits. And was like, I think you'll like this one and this you can wear to this party. And, that, and I was just <laughs> like, oh my God, she's grown up, growing up so fast. But that imagination, and I'm bringing that up because that um, maybe the power in that is reconnecting to imagination, but also the return to childlike innocence. Mm-hmm. That is something that I just got chills because that is, and I've mentioned this multiple times in different ways on this podcast or in past shows about what the experience of being a father to Luca is teaching me. And it is so much the experience of uh, how what it's done for me in, in multiple ways is it's returning me this reminder of this childlike innocence that is in him. And when I see it in him, I can see the reflection back to myself. And I saw that yesterday when I saw my niece. And I think that is such a powerful thing. So I'm really grateful that you mentioned explore, someone exploring having a picture of themselves as a child and how sweet that can be and the memories and the imagination. So yes, that, that can be super powerful. And imagine going to work with that sort of spirit, right? You'd be the most popular woman or guy <laughs> at work because you're coming, you're happy, you're fun, you're joyful. You know, those characteristics, you know, that, that, that child carries, that, that young inner child carries, like carry that with you everywhere and watch how much life, how much more magical life will be. Yes. Because even in, I was just watching the sales video too. And like what sells is, is energy. It's people feeling your energy. It's so much more important. Our body language and communication and our energy, that's what oftentimes sells. By and large, so many men that I'm talking to day in and day out, as well as myself at many points of life, take this approach. Let's throw as much shit against the wall as possible and let's see what sticks. Meaning let's try every single marketing tactic in our business. Let's try every single workout program that we get our hands on. Uh, Let's do five programs or read five books at the same time for, for personal growth. And while 
there can be some some positives to that. By and large, what I found is more often than not, it's a way that our energy gets diminished, our life force gets diminished, where we start getting scattered, where we start losing focus. And so much of this work is about getting essential, getting essential with exactly what is the, for example, the one thing, the one thing that if we dove fully into with our heart, it would change everything. How can we be more essential? How can we be more disciplined in the pursuit of less but better? And that is why, that is a big reason why I've created this new program for men that will be launching sometime in September and is called The Path to Inspired Action, Empowering the Authentic Man Within. The entire premise of this program, which is a group program, it's a virtual program. We will be doing it uh, in different cohorts. This one will be six weeks long with an option to extend for 10 weeks. And it is all around men getting very clear so that when they wake up in the morning, they wake up with inspired and aligned action, empowering themselves to live their life in a better way or in a way at least that is more in alignment with their core values. Now, this program, as I mentioned, is approximately six weeks long. And the first half is all around the theme of excavation, looking at our limiting beliefs, our energy blocks that are holding us back. Then we move that energy with embodiment practices And as we head to the second half of the program, that is really where that inspired action piece comes in. That is where we look at the roles that we play in life, the duties, the responsibilities, the commitments that are going to move us forward in a more aligned and empowered way. So if you are a man and this message resonates with you and you would like to join this new program, I am accepting applications right now for the launch of it in September. It will be a limited group of only 12 men. I'm keeping this container tight and small so I can keep more of my my hand on the pulse and connect with each one of you guys. So if you're interested, I will include a link in the bio to fill out an application and then hop on a call with me. Now let's get back to the show. Lily, you had mentioned this briefly, and I'd love for you guys both to chime in on this. I know in your ceremonies, whether it's with plant medicines or without, you guys both have a very strong connection to the elements. So fire, water, wind, and earth. And so much of this work, at least as I understand it, is moving beyond the literal and into the symbolic. What can these things represent to us and how can we utilize more of an an elemental maybe approach to benefit our lives. So I'm really curious to hear um, maybe what each element means to you guys and or how we can utilize the theme of fire, earth, or wind, or water to help cultivate more of the ceremony of life. So yeah, I'd love to um, cover some of that. I'll start with the earth. (laughs) So to me, the earth is um, is feminine. She's the mother. She's uh, nourishing. Uh, she's nurturing us. She gives us food. Uh, she she's under our feet, so she's grounding for us. Uh, time to connect with her. Uh, for example, in our ceremonies, when everyone is too much in their head and a bit lost in space. Uh, that's a time where I connect to to the earth, to Pachamama. And I breathe into her and uh, I connect with her energy. And just by being human and by being uh, uh, positive, uh, 
ions and her being negative, we just connect naturally. That's physically, that's the way it is. So, so it's just sending my roots down. That helps the whole circle ground in, if I have like uh, too much in my head also in uh, on a daily basis, so uh, I will take a few deep breaths and connect with her. Uh, another simple way is the earthing, the grounding is take my shoes, socks off, walk barefoot and just feel the earth as simple as that. And now uh, there's lots of studies. There's this great documentary called uh, Earthing and um, uh, it's crazy that we need studies to prove that it's so beneficial. But if we come to that, yes, why not? So, uh, but walking barefoot, uh, that's the time to connect to the earth. So that's that's the earth. Um, I can let Hawk cover. Maybe we can go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And so just with the earthing, uh, so I highly recommend that documentary as well because they do cite some studies, um, but they also look at the effects within children in schools when they get them to take their shoes and socks off and to go outside or using grounding pads or earthing pads um, on their desks, uh, how it actually affects their attention span, their... Um, their focus and all those sorts of things. So it's a great, great documentary to watch. I would also say, uh, so going into the next element, I would say fire, um, how we use fire. Fire is symbolic in the transmutation of energy, uh, transhuman, uh, transmutation of energy. So how do we, when, when something burns, say it's a piece of wood, it starts off as a piece of wood, but once it's burnt, it turns into ash, right? The energy has transformed in from one thing into another. Um, so we look at that symbolically in our life and that's why a lot of traditions have fire ceremonies. When they want to transform something in their life and they want to bring a ritual around it, they might do it around a fire. And, and in that fire, they might have prayer rituals, drumming rituals, singing, dancing, even you know maybe writing, journaling some things and allowing the fire to transmute that energy, to turn it into smoke. So the smoke rises to the heavens, so your prayers are heard. You know, There's lots of different symbolic ways that that we use fire um and so um and fire is a powerful energy uh and so we always say that um you know always bring it with balance with water uh and so and then i'm sure lily can talk a little bit about water we'll continue yeah. on the water <laughs> <laughs> so uh actually on fire uh it doesn't have to be a big fire it can be just a candle Mm. And in your going back to the sacred space, lighting a candle, that's the representation of transmutation of energy. It's the light also in our hearts, uh, the light in our sp of our spirit. And uh, it's warmth. So there's, there's so many things we fire. And um, water is, um, is about our emotions also. And uh, we're made of um, mostly water, so it's uh, and it's all inside us. So the water is an important element as human beings. And knowing that the correlation between the moon and us, because the moon pulls the water. So when it's full moon, people feel more energy. And uh, and I know with to be a woman, you know, a lot of women are in the cycle during the full moon. So it's it's the water, the liquids inside us are connected to her. So the water is our emotions and it's also the purifying and cleansing. So there's lots of rituals that are done uh, 
cleansing with water and um, simple ways, taking a shower and saying that water will purify and cleanse me. Uh, going to the cold, uh, cold bath. Uh, we like to do that um, that ritual to understand stressing on our bodies and uh, the benefits of that. Going to a cold plunge, that's water as medicine because it's going to stimulate all of your organs and your tissues. Uh, so that's water as um, as a healing uh, in this way. So I think that's. Uh, what and water say. for baptism. Water for baptism, yeah, mm-hmm. but cleansing. With so cleansing, that, yeah. many traditions, many, many religions. The water is is for baptism, is for cleansing, is and of course drinking water, like we to mm-hmm. drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to cleanse us from the inside out, mm-hmm. not just from the outside in. Mm-hmm. And then the, the 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 person that you were referring to earlier, Lily, was uh, Doctor Emoto. Oh yeah, Japanese Dr. doctor Emoto. Yeah, they did yes. the studies on water. Yeah, and the the benefits of prayer over water and how the structure of the water can change mm-hmm. uh, depending on the energy around it. That's yeah. a small book mm-hmm. and, or he has a small book. And if anyone's interested, it's highly recommended. It'll blow your mind, you know, when they were saying specific words to the water and then uh, whether it's hateful words or loving words, and then you see the crystalline structure of the water being affected because water carry water is, um, it carries and stores information, right? And so that's that's why everything that you're saying, Lily, about how to charge the water, bring intention to it, he basically brings the science of that. So it is fascinating. Um, and the final element, wind. Wind. So in ceremony, when we when we open a ceremony, we call on the four winds and we go through each direction. And then we also associate those directions um, with a spirit animal. And... Um, you know, I always like to say that um, wind obviously works with fire because when you have fire and you have too much wind, the fire is out of control, right? And so the wind, um, you know, is is, is also uh, has to be careful that it doesn't, you know, uh, it has to work in balance with fire, has to be careful. Um, but the winds, I always say in our ceremonies is to carry our prayers into the heavens the wind is associated with our breath and how we breathe, how we move air. The words that come out of our mouth comes out with air. So what is that energy? What is the intention? What is coming out of my mouth as I breathe and I say these words, right? Because, um, you know, I could say to somebody, oh yeah, you're a good person and mean nothing. But I can look someone in the eye and truly say it from my heart and say, you are a good person, right? And I can and I can connect with that person and and make them feel the breath of my words, right? And the breath is associated with what we say, right? Also, and so, um, so the vibration of energy when we communicate, um, and even I'll take it a step back before we even communicate, our energy center, where are we at energetically in our body, also determines. Um, how we are felt in a room before we even say a word. And you'll hear like, you know, when, when people that have really uh, gone down the path of self-mastery, when they walk into a room, you can feel their energy before they even open their mouth, right? And, we, and we've felt this many of times over going to, 
different workshops and seen different people speak. But then when they do open their mouth, it's even more powerful, right? Because their energy is so strong within themselves. So coming back to the wind, uh, but yeah, it, I believe that also how we pray, the intention behind it and the words that come out of our mouth and the four directions. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, there's, there's multiple frameworks for managing ourselves and the Native American medicine wheel, which utilizes the, the directions that you're speaking, they utilize the elements. It can be a really interesting and, and practical framework to look at these things and see where are we in balance, out of balance? What can we do to, like, I love what you just said about how, you know, uh, wind intensifies fire. Mm-hmm. for better or for worse, right? Like mm-hmm. this is when you have an uncontrollable, I was just thinking like we live in Northern California, you guys live in the Santa Cruz mountains. Like that was just hit really hard uh, just a few years ago with some gnarly fires. And you can see the remnants of, or the aftermath of that all around. And that's a perfect example of when wind gets out of control with fire. But then there's also the uh, the flip side of that, of the nourishment that happens when that comes through and all of the, uh, what is it like the ash that goes into the soil and the nitrogen and nourishes. So these things are truly um, the cycle of life. And so it can be a really helpful framework if anybody's interested to uh, further their studies, like study some of the, the Native American medicine wheels or looking at these elements from a symbolic perspective and see how you can utilize just what we're sharing today or researching it to help us live a more... Um, balanced or harmonious life. One of the things that I'd love to transition to is, you know, we've talked a lot about the ceremony of life that you guys do outside of ceremony, some of what you do in plant medicine ceremonies. And I was fortunate enough, or I've been fortunate enough over the last, you know, six or so years since we've known each other to have a lot of very profound experiences with you guys, um, again, with and without plant medicines. And you know, I consider myself very, very, very blessed and honored to be able to uh, sit with you guys with the plant medicine work that you guys facilitate and guide. Not only is it powerful, but it's very, uh, it holds a very sacred place in my heart. So one, I'm very grateful for you guys for that, for creating such a safe space and making this your life's work to support people through some of the most challenging things that that we can go through in life. And I'd love for you guys to share a little bit about this documentary that will be coming out uh, sometime in the in the in the near future, more or less, um, but called the Healing Circle. Can you guys share a little bit about the intention for that? I was a part of it, and I would just love to uh, for you to share that with people and and what the intention behind it was, and and really what that offering will be in the world. I'll let Hawk answer because uh, it came to him first. <laughs> so. Um, in many traditions, they don't allow to film inside ceremony. Mm-hmm. It's a sacred space and I understand and I respect that. Um, and I had the same sentiment, the same feelings about that and, and thought, yeah, it's the right thing to do. But in one ceremony, spirit came to me and said, "You, it's time that we show people what is ceremony about. And, and I want you to film a ceremony and this person is going to film it. You're going to invite these people to be a part of it. You're going to, and it was kind of mapped out and laid out for me. And I was kind of a little bit nervous about that because 
you know, like I said, for for thousands of years in traditions, I mean, I know cameras are only a recent thing, but uh, even most of the recent documentaries around ceremony and plant medicines, uh, they very rarely show the ceremony space. So we, we ended up filming the documentary, um, which was a little more challenging than a regular ceremony because we have camera people there and, you know, there's people around us while we're trying to journey and, and guide people and sing and sing the Icaros and, you know, um, so there's definitely a lot of challenges in it compared to a regular ceremony. But I do believe that, um, that we did capture the essence and teaching people because there's a lot of people that are afraid of what ceremony is. And we always say, you know, the, the only thing that is ever going to come up in ceremony is what is already inside of you. Spirit is not going to present something to you that you cannot handle, that, that is above you. Everything that will appear is, is already what's inside of you. So don't be afraid. And, um, but having people, uh, giving people the opportunity to see like, what is it like? What are people doing? Are they laying down? Are they sitting up? Is there music? Is there, um, what are they experiencing? Um, when you go to a ceremony, how do you prepare? Like, do you come with an, you know, like in the documentary, you'll see like people coming with an intention and their preparation. And some of them, some of the participants, you know, like yourself have done it before. And then there's, you know, some other participants in the, in the documentary, uh, one girl had never done it before. Another girl who she had she had done it once before. Um, and so it's kind of looking at the spectrum of different people from different walks of life, going through different things in their life, why they would want to do ceremony and, and, um, and what does that process look like? Um, so we're very excited to share that. We, we're, um, we're in the fundraising stage. We've filmed everything. We're in the editing process right now. Uh, we're trying to get some animation done on top of that, just to bring in more of, um, cause how do you film something that is happening, uh, you know, in, 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 I guess in an out of body experience. And so you can't film that, but so we're thinking about how we're adding animation right now and, and trying to refine that process to getting something, um, that, that people can have a true understanding and a true awareness around, um, if I was to go to ceremony, um, this is what it would look like. And yeah, all ceremonies are different. You know, how uh, a peyote ceremony uh, is held will be different to maybe like an ayahuasca ceremony or maybe to like a wachuma ceremony or to a sapito ceremony or to, um, you know, all the different, you know, cacao ceremony or, you know, uh, so, um, but having said that, it kind of gives you an overall framework. And not just an overall framework. I love that you said, you know, all ceremonies are different based off the, the specific plant medicine, but, and, and the guide and the people leading it, mm -hmm. you know, you could, you can experience, uh, ayahuasca as one example from one, uh, facilitator, shaman, whatever you, you know, uh, ayahuasca, and then someone else, it can be a totally different thing. So, uh, the medicines can obviously have their own types of energy and feel and, the facilitators leading it and the safety of the space and the participants too, who all contribute their energy within the container. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing that for sure. And Lily, what would you like to add? Well, I'd like to add that um, it's interesting that we have a documentary on ceremonies and then we have this program about <laughs> the ceremony of life. So it's, it's like, it's a, 
it's uh, it covers everything because not everyone is ready uh, for ceremony. Plant medicine ceremony. Yes. yes. And uh, so we have to acknowledge that that's a, the timing is key and the preparation to it is so important and what the intention you you put into it. And you have to feel on that timing. So that's why we thought, well, not everyone is ready for, for it and it, it's... Um, it needs to have something. We need to talk about what's the rest. So what's the, what's life? Because basically in ceremony, and hopefully the documentary will talk about that, it's what's happening in your life. And it brings it up to the surface. It's like, what are your thought patterns? What, uh, what do you want to change? And uh, so going back to the reason uh, sometimes you're not ready to change. So that's why ceremony can be challenging. So it's looking at that, but it's what is inside you. And that's what's happening in your daily life. So that's why we felt it was important to talk about, well, what what is the other side and how can we get people ready for for life and then also for ceremony as well. And I, and I do believe, um, so the Ceremony of Life program um, really is is what we experience in ceremony. So that's that that self evaluation that happens during ceremony when maybe trauma that we've experienced, the challenges in our life that we've experienced, everything that's made us who we are, that's created maybe some limitations and blocks from becoming um, our fullest self. And um, and so in the ceremony of life program, we look at that from a day to day practice without medicine. Right? How can we bring in and implement those ideas and those lessons that we receive whilst we take medicine without taking medicine, right? How do we do it in an everyday life? And, and so for somebody that might be considering wanting to, to go to a ceremony or going to a plant, cer- uh, plant medicine ceremony, like doing something like that first, because in ceremony, you're going to have to look at yourself. When you take medicine, like it's going to put you in some very uncomfortable positions. So doing some inner work first before going to, to something like that can be extremely helpful. And that's why we created this program is not everyone wants to do ceremony. Great. Um, and maybe some people do, but they need some preparation. Great. Um, and so that's how, we, that's how we came about. For clarity, the Ceremony of Life program, uh, can you guys just share as we start wrapping this up for, for just anyone who's interested, it's an online program? Yeah. Correct. What's the duration? So anyone from the world can do this online program, no matter where they are. Correct. Yeah, it's a video program. Um, there'll be uh, twelve modules in there, um, and you know we cover some very basic things when it comes to how we look at spirituality. So from uh, things like setting up an altar, um, we talked about the five year plan. What does your perfect life look like? We talk about physical well-being we talk about consumption we talk about but all in a spiritual context um, we talk about the energetic centers in the body so if we react to certain emotional things in a particular way well it's related to this energy center in the body so how do we address that what are some of the things that we can do around that um, so we look at mind body and spirit but we break it down into everyday uh, everyday things that that 
anybody can understand, that anyone can do. It's, a, it's all done as video classes. So you just be able to stream it. It was super easy to follow. Um, and the videos are actually not very long at all. But the homework that you've got to do in between each video, and that's where, that's where like anything in life, that program can be magical if you dig your heels in and you, and you do the work. Or it can be, if you don't do the work, because no one's going to hold your hand. Like everything in life, it's about your commitment. Yes, that self-accountability. Um, absolutely. And I'm really grateful that you guys shared your perspective on, you know, ceremony or plant medicine ceremony isn't right for everybody at, especially the timing really matters. And so I think having a program like this, when you guys shared with me that you were creating it, I just had a full body yes. Because I mean, you guys know the work that I do and I'm really passionate about. And it's exactly, Hawk, very similar to what you said. How can we support people with the tools that they can utilize, whether they uh, aren't ready for a plant medicine ceremony or don't have access to a good practitioner or don't know where to go? It's like, these are the things, breath work, our mindset, our visioning, creating your, like, our, your sacred space at home. These are the very practical, tangible things that people can do day in and day out. And that's the name of the game is how are we going to integrate these things and stabilize these changes in our life? So the fact that you guys are creating and have created a program to support people in this way, this is, I think, one of the bigger missing elements to uh, people approaching ceremony uh, in any level in their life. So I'm really excited for that. And uh, this episode is going to drop in the next few weeks, but do you have a rough date on when this program will be ready? Because I know you guys are putting the finishing touches on it right now. Yeah, it should be up by the end of July. Okay. We'll also, um, maybe you can share a link to our YouTube channel because uh, all the, uh, the links will be off the YouTube channel that people can go on and, and look at a video about it and get some information on it. And not only that on your YouTube channel, you have or should or will have the trailer to the Healing Circle documentary. Is that correct? Yeah. It's already there. It's actually. already there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So whoever's listening, check it out. It was beautifully, beautifully done and uh, really does give that, at least for me, that connection to the energy and the essence of what ceremony can be. You and Lauren are in it. Yeah, Lauren, Lauren didn't 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 end up taking the plant medicine. Oh. She was pregnant at that time, but she came early in the beginning, and Just we did this for the interviews for the, before and after. And we did this yeah. beautiful ritual as well. So she sent me off in a beautiful way, and it meant uh, so much to me because um, so much of that. I won't give it away, but so much of my work in that ceremony was connecting to my son, and uh, at that point, he was in her belly, and so uh, yeah, this one means uh, a tremendous amount to me. And uh, well, guys, first off, thank you so much as we bring this to an end. Thank you for being here, for making the trip and sharing your guys' wisdom and for the work that you're doing in the world. As we close, is there any closing thought or anything you'd like to share with regards to bringing in the ceremony of life or bringing in spirit for people? I would like to share that all of this work comes down to self-love. How, I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> how to come back to, and we're not talking about in an egotistical way, but to truly love ourselves and to find peace within our hearts. And so we can expand that. And once we know how to love ourselves, we, we truly then know how to love others in the right way. And so I will share the message to everybody out there that is listening. Like find that inner love, that self-compassion, the self-kindness, the self-forgiveness 
all of those things, look at those things to come back to find peace in your heart so that you may thrive in every possible way in your life and with peace and that you carry that peace and that self-love and you take that and you share it with the rest of the world. Oh. Oh. Yeah, self-love. Yeah, that's what came to me as well. It's it's so it's so important. When you love yourself, it's so easy to love others. Then you're lovable as well. You you show how others can show you love and give you love and receive love. And um, loving ourselves, like we talked about in uh, in the uh, in the sacred space that you're creating with a picture of you as a child is loving all of you is loving you as a child is loving you present and is loving your future self i love that well guys thank you so much lily thank you so much Hawk. thank you appreciate thank you. you guys's friendship and everything that uh that you guys do to support me and to support every single person who's listening to this podcast thank you brother thank you for having us i hope oh. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and leave a review. It means a lot. We all have a path and I'd love to hear how this podcast has inspired you in some way to live yours. 